right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. We are live at the Cross Country Mortgage Campus here in Berea, Ohio. It is the final best podcast available for the 2022 offseason. I'm Jason Gibbs. I am honored to be joined by the man who has many friends, and you will hear from one of those friends, David Njoku, coming up in a few minutes. Nathan Zagura was kind enough to, to fill in today. We appreciate his time. I greatly appreciate it. I want to go out on a level there and just – express my gratitude give for you i would do anything and that's why i'm here because i love you there we go so let's go it's a man that sometimes likes us sometimes i always like you yeah, sometimes he doesn't i've never not liked you yeah the liking me but the podcast you eh. like to go up against the podcast eh. for a while there you were turncoating on your true love and passion cleveland browns daily and becoming more of a bpa man but that's when you were under the nefarious influence of the ibs boys and now that you're free from that yoke You've gotten your priorities straight. Here we are. Now you've even recruited me. You're like trying to turn the BPA into Zagura and friends. And you're like, well, how do we have, I, I how do we have it become Zagura friends? Well. We need more Zagura. So here I am. And we appreciate that right. on a Friday here. Yeah. As we wrap up uh, Browns minicamp and the Browns offseason, yeah. let's get right into it. Biggest takeaways from minicamp 2022. Obviously some good work in on Tuesday. A much shorter practice, which I'm sure every player was happy about on Wednesday, especially with the fact that it was about 120 degrees. Yesterday, some good work at First Energy Stadium. Yeah, I think kind of the biggest takeaway for me from the offseason is that it was normal, right? So this is the first time in Kevin Stefanski's tenure that he's been able to have a full offseason program. And when you talk to the players, it's the first time they've ever been able to be in the locker room all together, sitting next to one another. And so the camaraderie that has been built amongst this team already surpasses what we have seen in years past. And we've heard that from numerous players. So that's an important thing. It's not one of my key takeaways, but it's an important thing to observe, that this team is very tight. This team certainly enjoys being around each other and, and taking advantage of the opportunity to do just that. And then there's also a quiet confidence about this team. And so why is that? Well, let's start on the offensive side of the ball. 
you've got a truly elite quarterback now in Deshaun Watson. And I think anybody who watches the Browns in this offseason program comes away with that fact. The ball comes out very easy. It's an easy throwing motion, very quick, very accurate, a tight spiral. He can throw and attack all levels of the defense, very decisive with the football. And so we saw an offense, you know, with Deshaun to Amari Cooper and to David Bell, the rookie third rounder, DPJ Schwartz taking some strides. Felton's actually playing pretty well at wide receiver. The Chiefs signs, he comes back and immediately at First Energy Stadium, a couple touchdowns in the red zone. So you see this passing attack evolving and you see what it can be and it has potential, I think, to be a very, very good one. And this was a passing camp. You can't put the pads on. You can't go through run fits. You can't try that aspect of it. And they did some of that, you know, jogging. But for the most part, that's what it was. And oh, by the way, you know the Browns have Probably the best running game in the NFL, led by Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. And, and we've got a great offensive line. Joel Batonio back in minicamp, it was great to see him. So offensively, you came away from this feeling really good. Defensively, you came away from this feeling really good because this the continuity on the staff has been there every year, but now it's the continuity on the back end. You think about the guys who are going to be starting for you or in the mix right now. So you've got, you know, Denzel Ward, Greg Newsome, Greedy Williams. They all played together last year at corner. You had MJ Emerson in that mix, but AJ Green was there last year. So four of your top five corners were there a year ago. You go to the linebacking core. Anthony Walker Jr.'s back. Jacob Phillips is back. JOK is back now into his second year. Tak is back. So your top four linebackers from a year ago are back. And then you go to the back end and the safeties. Delpit, John Johnson, Ronnie, your top three all back. Rich LeCount back. So these guys already have that communication down. And I saw in these seven-on-sevens a defense that is fast, that is long, that is working well together. It's able to get its hands on the football. And Grant Delpit, I think, is taking steps towards becoming a superstar. But those seven-on-seven periods, which are slant towards the offense, were incredibly competitive. And I thought they did a great job, and I'm excited about that because, remember, this is a team that also has one of the best pass rushes in the league with Miles Garrett and Jadevian Clowney back. So you put that back in. Offensively, you liked what you saw. Defensively, you liked what you saw. So I think those were two of the biggest things. We'll talk special teams in a second, but that's really what I took away from it is that this team is going to be able to throw the football when other teams know they need to. That's a key in the NFL, and this team is going to be very difficult to throw the football on. All right, speaking of special teams, was Cade York the most impressive rookie you've seen the entire offseason? off-season, not just minicamp, asking the tough questions. You know, that's probably right. I think David Bell's incredibly impressive. I didn't yep. see him drop a pass. He says he dropped one. I thought he was falling down on it, so it, it wasn't really a drop in my mind. He was impressive. Um, Perry on Winfrey's promos we know are impressive. <laughs> uh, I think Jerome Ford's speed stood out. Alex Wright had some nice plays. MJ Emerson and his ability to play corner and then also get some work at dime was impressive. But, yeah, Cade York came in, and if you had said, brought somebody to camp, and said, watch this guy kick the football. And they said, oh, who is that? Like, they didn't know anything about the Browns. He said, oh, yeah, that's our guy. He's been a Pro Bowl kicker for a decade. They'd be like, yeah, I get it. So, yes, in that sense, he is the most impressive because the way he kicks the ball is unlike anybody I've ever seen from a place-kicking standpoint in my 10 years with the Browns. We had a guy, Andy Lee, who was a Pro Bowler, All-Pro punter, The way that he hit the ball as a punter was different than anybody I'd ever seen. It sounded different. That's how it is with Cade York. And, you know, you go to the stadium yesterday, and with everybody screaming at him, they wanted to end it on a 50-yarder. And he put it, I mean, right through the middle, and it was probably good from 70. It had people on the sidelines hooting and hollering. Everybody was talking about it afterwards. So, yeah, I think I saw him miss one kick in the entirety of the offseason, and it was, I think, a 52 or 54-yarder. you know you're shagging the ball. I was doing some shit. And let me tell you something. The ball comes out with a lot of force when he kicks it. Sometimes they kick it and it kind of just, uh, no, it's like, 
And so I was like, thank God I got one. Two for two, no big deal, not bragging or anything. But I think I got that on video. You did. A poor, by the way, with your green, it was a terrible video. You tried to send it to us. It's like this big. Nobody video can see it. Video worked totally fine for Join me. us. Join us with the blues. But Cade York, incredibly impressive. And I think Mike Prefer is thrilled with it. I think we have a great punting competition going on. And then you bring in Jakeem Grant as well, who's you know either been the Pro Bowl or All-Pro returner in each of the last two years, who scored a touchdown in four straight seasons. And when you think about how long it's been since the Browns have had either Travis Benjamin or Josh Cribbs get in the end zone on a punt or a kick return, we're talking about you know six-plus years and over a decade. It's, it's an exciting time for all three phases. All right, if you had to give a, a blue ribbon, one on offense, one on defense, one on special teams, who's your most outstanding offseason player? Ooh, I like this, Gibbo. I wasn't even prepared for it off the cuff. Let's do it. That's why you bring me in here and throw me in the fire. Offensively, I would say uh, the, it's going to be Deshaun Watson. I mean, that's the most important position in all professional sports. He came in. He was clearly a leader. You can tell the team loves him. And then the play on the field, definitely backs that up. So he would get it defensively for me. And there are so many people that I could go with on this because I am very excited about a lot of the things I saw defensively. I thought Jacob Phillips really stood out. I thought Greg Newsom continues to stand out and, and is on his way to being one of the most elite corners in the NFL. JOK was all over the field. John Johnson was all over the field. Greedy looks great out of the shoulder harness, but the guy to me that I'm giving the, is Grant Delpit. Grant Delpit looks like he is about to become a superstar and the guy that many people thought was a top 15 talent in his draft. The Browns got in the second round. Oh, don't forget, by the way, Andrew Barry, tip of the cap to you, traded back a few spots in the second round, picked up an extra fifth rounder. Who was that? Oh, it's our starting center now, Nick Harris. So that was a freebie. Still got Grant Delpit. I just think Grant, the way he sees the field, and in talking to Jeff Howard and to Joe Woods, they both said, you can tell he's confident in his body coming back from that Achilles. He's been great in the weight room, but it's his understanding of the game, his ability to see the field, that he is making plays that while they're within the structure of the defense, it's ones that he's seeing, anticipating, breaking, and he's getting there. And he had some big plays. He had a red zone pick in the camp that that opened a lot of eyes. And again, while this is, quote, year number three, it's only number two. For him after sitting out that fir- that first year with that uh, Achilles injury. No, you're right about that. And so you have now, it's his second year in this defense. It is Greg Newsom's second year in this defense. It is Jeremiah Wusu-Koromoa's second year in this defense. And so I think you have an opportunity of, that's three critical guys in the back seven who are going to elevate. And it's also the second year in this defense for John Johnson. So this is a team that I think will only continue to get better uh, at those key spots. It's Anthony Walker's second year in this defense. So I think we're going to see even more progression than maybe you would see in a normal year to year because last year had so many new guys on defense and now so much continuity, continuity of the staff and guys developing. And I think Grant Delpit, double deuces, uh, I think there's a, there's a rocket on his back. Do you have an under-the-radar guy, a guy that maybe people didn't talk a lot about that to you really showed up and showed out? Uh, in a sense, Jacob Phillips is under the radar because yeah. he's been a tantalizing talent and we've really only got to see him a handful of games in each of his first two years. And so I think it's a it's a possibility that he's going to push Anthony Walker for playing time as the starting Mike linebacker and in our sub packages as the season goes on. You know, what we're really looking for the under the radar guys to come out of is the defensive line. And unfortunately, this camp doesn't really allow you to see that. Now, I can tell you Chris Kiffin told me that they are thrilled with the progress of Jordan Elliott in his third year, and he's somebody that they're going to count on big time at defensive tackle. So you hope to see that when the pads come on. But for this camp, Phillips would be the guy there. Offensively, uh, you know, DPJ continues to shine. David Bell looks exactly as you expect him to be. I think Felton's done a nice job. We just got to see Mike Woods, the the sixth round out of Oklahoma, and 
Chad O'Shea likes him, and he has a different running style. He's a long strider, but I thought he looked impressive. Um, but the guy that I would probably go with is Anthony Schwartz because he's a linchpin to me. He's your vertical threat. He's a guy who's going to take the top off of the defense, and he's somebody who came out, remember, gangbusters against the Chiefs, and then it really kind of petered out. They need him in this offense, and he they are very encouraged by what they have seen so far. Had a nice touchdown in the red zone uh, at the stadium yesterday, but he's the one guy that defenses would have to account for from a pure vertical standpoint, and so if he can continue to ascend, that would be great. And then my blue ribbon for teams is obviously going to be Cade York. Yeah, obviously. Yeah. Fantastic offseason for him. All right, for more on the offseason, one of our big guys who got a new contract extension, David Njoku. The Chief, back with the Browns and, and back for a number of years to come here as the Browns' number one tight end, a really athletic tight end, a guy that's yeah. going to fit this offense quite well. You mentioned it, had a couple t- touchdowns in the uh, mandatory minicamp session at First Energy Stadium. For more on the new contract, family life, and his offseason as he gets ready for the 2022 regular season, my guy Nathan Zagura sitting down with one of his buddies on the best podcast available. Have a watch, have a listen. Great to see you, man. Congratulations, the big extension, all of that. How are you feeling right now? I feel good. I feel I feel blessed, truly. Um, we just had a great practice today, you know, here on Green Tree. So we got to just, you know, keep stacking them bricks. That's all we got to do. This is a talented team, and we're going to get into that in a second. We're going to talk about what you guys hope to accomplish this season. But let's talk about you for a second, because you think about your story, and you think about your family and your heritage and everything that you've gone through to get to this country, to go to the U, to come to the National Football League. And then all of a sudden, you're going to get a phone call a couple weeks ago. Maybe it's a month ago at this point, but a couple weeks ago, where they say, we're going to give you a four-year extension, $56 million. What was that moment like? It was a blessing, you know. Um... Not many people know, you know, the background uh, story of what really happened for the past few years, you know. So it was, uh, it was a, a great achievement to, you know, uh, reach that level. You know, now it's just only up from here. It's, it's time to put in the work, double time, and uh, get after it. When you got that call, though, what was your reaction? Like real, <laughs> like as a real person. I mean, you get a call, and they say, "Okay, you're set. Your kids are set. Your grandkids are set. All of that. That's got to be a pretty powerful thing." You know, I, I feel like it hasn't hit yet, so uh, I'm still. I mean, I I didn't really feel anything crazy. My phones were going crazy, but um, I don't think it hit yet. So whenever it hits, I'll, I'm gonna give you a call and be okay. like, "Okay, now now I feel it." <laughs> all right, you'll let me know. Well, first of all, I'm so happy for you. You know, your journey here with the Browns, and we'll talk about it a little bit. Let's get into it because this is a celebration of you, and there's more to come, right? There's more work to do as you've you've laid out. But you come in, you're a first round draft pick. What were you 20 at the time that you were drafted? You were a very young man. I remember that. Mm-hmm. So you go from that, and then I remember your second season, you had a lot of success that year. And it felt like the sky was going to be the limit, right? We go into 2019, and that was a rough year for a lot of reasons. And we don't even get to the reasons. But when you think about where you were and then you go through that, what was that year like for you personally, knowing where you're standing right now? Which year are you talking about? 2019. Oh, it was it was tough. You know, um, injury-plagued year for me. Uh, I guess I, I was, wasn't just, you know, getting it together. Um, yeah, it was it was tough mentally, uh, more than physically. But um, you know, like I said, God is good. Just got to put in that work and keep Him first, and good things will happen. So, yeah, and that was a tough experience. You say, okay, you know, maybe I don't. Maybe Cleveland isn't the place for me. And the Browns said, you know what? No, you're not going. You're not going <laughs> you're anywhere. <laughs> We're not letting you. So it's nice that it's nice that right now you're feeling absolutely. You don't want to be here, but we value you. And then you go into 2020. And the light bulb starts to go on. And now while the stats weren't maybe what we all know they could be and what I think we all think they will be going forward, 
something clicked for you and you bought in. You became a tremendous blocker. You showed the ability. Whenever you got targets, you showed the ability to produce. There's your fan club back there keeping you on the field, Mr. Joe Sheehan. But how, what allowed you to make that mental transformation? Because it's easy to say, you know what, they're, they're not treating me right. And you said, you know what, I'm going to do what I can and control myself. And how did that change happen and, and how did it get you to here? I, mean, I think it was a bunch of things, really. I think the most important thing was just um, reminiscing on the past, you know, looking back at 2017, you know, obviously yeah. we weren't doing as good as we should have been doing, but just the fan base was always there, you know, riding with us through thick and thin. And then I'm sitting here like, why am I complaining? You know, obviously things could be better, but I'm in a, a, a good place right now. My whole life I've been competing. Why do? Why, why stop now, you know? So... I just said, you know what, I'm going to shut up and I'm just going to work and I'm going to ignore all the noise, ignore all the distraction, and just focus on the team. You know, what can I do to help the team in, in total, you know, and obviously the stats weren't there. You know, I wasn't really doing what I wanted to do at the time, but at a certain point, I started to fall in love with the things that they, they were forcing me to do, which was blocking more than sure. doing anything else. And um, yeah, I just eventually started having a good time doing that and then the ball started coming you know I started catching some balls here and there and then you know as, as each day progressed each each month each year progressed I just kept working on my craft and uh, just was basically just keeping the focal point was for the team and uh, good things will happen there was a play I want to ask you about it was I believe it was the last week of 2020 the Browns needed to win that game obviously to get into the playoffs I think it was around a third down late in the game maybe a third and six near midfield and the ball came in kind of high to you, and you made the catch, and it was a catch that turned out to be massive in the outcome of the game. And then I know you had the big game against Kansas City in the playoffs, and you started to get more involved as that season went on. Do you remember that play? Was that one that sticks with you? It was a big third down conversion that game against the Steelers, and it was just one of those moments where, for me, I've always, you know this, I've always been a big supporter of yours and a big believer in you, but it was one of those where it was like, okay, even in a game where the ball wasn't necessarily coming your way all the time, when it did and you needed to have it, you got it. And I kind of felt like that was a springboard kind of, of a momentum play for you that carried on into last year. Yeah, I mean, I just putting in the work, you know, when no one's watching. I just recall so many early mornings and late nights, you know, that, that year was during like the COVID plague. Sure. So it was just, it was tough to get in here and, and do the work, but uh, I found places. Luckily I have um, my guy out here whose name's Chad. He, he has a, a gym and he's, you know, a great uh, physical therapist. I was with him late nights. I'll never forget like 9 p.m., 10 p.m. Just every night, just getting after it and driving home. It'll be like almost midnight. I'm just like thinking like, I gotta keep working. I gotta keep working. You know what I'm saying? So it was just, uh, it, it wasn't just me. I have to, uh, you know, give the uh, applause to everybody around me that was helping me, you know, be the best me I can be at the time. And in your room, you were playing a role that maybe said, okay, I'm not doing everything I want to do, but I'm going to do what they asked me to do well. Austin Hooper, same thing. I came in, he was a two-time Pro Bowler, he used to catch an 80 balls a year. That didn't happen here, but he kind of was doing the things that they asked him to do. And I'll go back to the Chargers game last year. Seven targets, seven catches, they get 170 yards in that game. He had the 70-plus yard touchdown catch and run. And that was the one where I think everybody's like, yeah, this is the guy that we know what he is capable of doing. Well, now you're the guy. And you have the opportunity to get seven targets a game to make those plays. And you go back to your efficiency last year. And I'll toot your horn for you. Ten yards a target, no problem, right? So you say, okay, let's give them 80 targets here. That's 800 yards. That's eight touchdowns. That's where you get back to being in those kind of elite conversations that I know you believe you can be. And clearly, with what they decided to give to you, the Browns believe that you can be. So here you are now. You've put in the work. You've been rewarded even though you haven't gotten to do everything that you want to do. And now it's all in front of you. So what's your mindset knowing that that's the case now? 
I'm just ready to work, man. Honestly, like I just can't wait until uh, week one. You know, um, throughout throughout all this process, I, I give God all the glory, and I just I'm just itching to get to week one. So I'm, I'm very excited for. Real. And I'm excited for you. And, and now you have a quarterback in Deshaun Watson who has put up enormous numbers everywhere that he has played. I know you guys got to go to the Bahamas, and then as you got your contract then you've gotten to matriculate in here and start to work with him. What's that kind of relationship and chemistry like? Because it's an important thing, right, the relationship with the quarterback. And from my eyes, it feels like the middle of the field, the ball's going to the middle of the field quite a bit more now, and so that's good for you. Yeah, no, it's it's, it's a great relationship already. You know, we started off very strong, you know, meeting up in uh, the Bahamas with the whole offense. You know, he, he took care of all that, so that was very impressive, and it showed that his loyalty was with us, and, you know, that, that goes a long way. It's probably um, a lot of fun, too. No, it was fun. It was fun. <laughs> we had a great time. It was great team bonding. We put in the work, too, so it was just the best of both worlds, you know. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that, that bond is, is very important, like chemistry is important. So, like, even, like, when we're not on the same page for whatever reason, we are on the same page, you know, and, and that split second, it, it, it counts. You know, this game is all about inches, so... Uh, yeah, it's, it's very important that, that we just keep building on that uh, relationship. You know, the whole team, we bring everybody with us, and we just get their show on the road. What has he kind of told you he wants out of you out of, as his, his number one guy in the That's confidential, field? you know. Confidential, That's confidential, okay. yeah. Right, we we, right. we definitely talk, you know, uh, behind closed doors, and, and, and we have um, we have uh, big uh, goals that we, we, we have to reach, so we're, we're excited about that. What was the discussion like with Andrew Barry and Kevin Stefanski once you put the pen to the paper and they said, look, this is how much we believe in you, and you're saying, you know, I'm going to show you why you were right. Let's get to it, baby. <laughs> Let's get Let's to it. Let's do it. I'm ready. All right, let's talk about, you mentioned this team, the goals. Not only do we know what's on offense, we know what's on defense, oh, yeah. and you see it firsthand every yeah, day out here in these yeah. seven-on-sevens. When you look at this defense, the speed, the length, the ability to cover every blade of grass, what's kind of stood out to you so far Man, in these battles? I'm so excited to watch them ball as well. You know, uh, not only like our, our D-line, but our linebackers, our corners, our safeties. I'm just excited to see everybody just put it all together and really be that force that we know them to be. You know, uh, we have all the tools, like I said, all the tools on the offense, on defense, on special teams. We have everything there, so it's up to us to get this job done. All right, a couple of just one fun question and then one obviously family question. What did this mean to your family? Because that's I know how big it is to you. I know how tight you are with your family. What did this mean to your family? Yeah, it was huge. They were, I think they were more excited than me, really. I mean, I was I'm, I'm excited, but I wasn't like you know jumping off, you know, going crazy. I was just you know okay, you know what's what's next? You know what I'm saying? So like uh, yeah, they were very happy. They were very excited. They understand that you know everybody's in this together. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So uh, yeah, we're excited. We're just ready for the next step. What was the reaction from your teammates? <laughs> they're they're funny they're funny man they want me to buy everything now they want me to buy them all gifts and everything so uh yeah it's 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 all love listen that's a good place to be in right? I, I hear you it's I a good place you, yeah. to be in mm -hmm. so all right and then a little more fun we talked about family earlier but i know your brother had a wwe tryout that you attended Absolutely. first of all i wouldn't mind if that was the path that i was on but it, nonetheless here we go mm -hmm. How was that? Was that pretty cool? That was lit. They, they, they let us go to WrestleMania, too. It was like sold-out crowd both days. Like it, was, yeah. it was intense. It was intense, and it was, it was awesome to see him having fun, having a good time. So I was happy. Is he, gonna, is he pursuing that? Is there a future yeah. there? Mm -hmm. There sure oh, is. Oh, man, the Chief and the WWE, the family spreading their wings. I like that. All right, and then the last thing, you said it hasn't hit you yet, but is there anything that you said, okay, we get this big contract, anything that you were looking forward to doing with it? Um, Maybe a purchase for yourself, for the fam, for people back home, anything like that? Not really. Probably just keep doing what I'm doing. I have a charity back in Nigeria that yep. I do um, an an annually, excuse me, and uh, just, you know, just be the best man I can be overall, you know.
I love it. You haven't changed it at all. <laughs> You're the man. One of my favorites, dude. So happy for you. you Best of luck this season. Keep doing it. I'm looking for Let's looking go. for a lot of chief Let's slams. Go. I'm ready, man. Let's I'm go. Ready. We're Hold all around. ready. Let's go. All right, Gibbe, back to you. Thanks to David Njoku for a few minutes of his time and sweating into the oldies right there. Wearing the beanie outside with it being 105 degrees. I love the Chief guy. Not I only great player, and it's been cool to see him evolve and to see him mature. And as I told him in that interview, and it's the truth, I've always been a big fan of his. This guy, when we drafted, was 20 years old. And so you've seen him grow up. You've seen him mature at a time when it would have been very easy for him in 2019 to say, you know what? I'm done. I'm done with you guys. Get me out of here. And at a time, he felt that that's what he wanted. The Browns said, no, no, no. We know how good you can be. We're committed. We're committed to you. Dedicated himself. And to become one of the best blocking tight ends in the league, that doesn't happen by accident. That happens because he put in the work, and now he's been rewarded, and now he's going to have the opportunity, I think, to be one of the elite pass-catching tight ends in the NFL as well. I couldn't be happier for him, and I think he's going to be a huge part of what we do on offense here in 2022 and beyond. All right. We're about six and a half weeks away. Training camp. Uh, the first training camp practice will be open to the public on Saturday, July 30th at 2 o'clock. All the practices will be uh, open to the public. There will be 11 total. They'll start at 2 o'clock. Go on to clevelandbrowns.com for more information and to register for your training camp tickets today. There's your sales plug for the day. Uh, taking a look at the tight end room or in general on this football team. Got about six weeks before we're all back together. Still some time to maybe add a piece here or there on this football team. Is there one position you'd like to see Andrew Barry go out and maybe get another body or two? I'm actually pretty comfortable with the roster where it is, and I think that if they do make a move to maybe acquire, let's say, another receiver, if Anthony Schwartz's development is not necessarily where they want it, I could see them going and get one of those veterans who's a vertical threat that's out there available still on the free agent market. But for the most part, I think this is the team that the Browns want to bring to training camp and want to bring into the season. And, and frankly, you've got good depth, I think, everywhere. Your line is deep. Your tight end room, you know, maybe Miller Forrestal can step up. Maybe one of these youngsters can step up. You know, they've taken a a shot on some some prospects, guys who basketball players, and maybe they can emerge uh, into that third tight end role. But remember, this is a team that's going to be much more receiver focused than it is tight end focused as it had been in the past. So I think that this is this is what they want to do. If they have to make a change, it'll be, be that'll come, I think, later in the event that somebody doesn't live up to necessarily what they want. Over the next six weeks, there's only one thing that we're all paying attention to, right? And that is going to be how long, if and if so, how long would Deshaun Watson be out for the Cleveland Browns in the 2022 season. I think we'll get an answer to that quickly, uh, and I think that the Browns will be able to plan from that and go from there. And the other thing, we didn't really talk about him, but I think it's important to note that Jacoby Brissett is coming here, learned this playbook, he has the respect of his teammates, and has played very well. And so you have confidence in the event that he does have to start some games that he will be able to do that. And so, you know, we talked with DeQuell Jackson on Cleveland Browns Daily earlier this week, and he said Jacoby Brissett knows exactly who he is, what he can do. He will not lose you games. He's a guy who can win you games as a starting quarterback. And so you look at his time in Indy where he was with DeQuell, 31 touchdowns, 13 picks. A Browns quarterback throws out those ratios. We're going to win a lot of football games with our ability to run it and with our excellent defense. So I think that's kind of the big thing that we're all waiting for. We will have that answer, I believe, sooner rather than later. And, and then the Browns will go from there and get ready for what I still think is going to be a very successful, productive, and winning 2022 season. All right. That's going to wrap up our off-season edition of the best podcast available. Uh, we'll be back with you when training camp begins. I want to send out a couple thank yous here <clears throat> as I cough. Uh, Anthony Bacco, 
doing a fantastic Baco job. Baco Nation. Baco Nation. Legend. Great job. Jeff McDaniel before him. Uh, both those guys are makes the it reason sound like why Jeff things is, look good and sound it like good Jeff is and dead. everything else. Well, no, Jeff just Jeff moved on to another project. Yeah, we love Jeff as and, well. And Baco has he's come still in alive, and, and picked up the he's torch. Well. And, yeah, Baco, yeah, Jeff's fine. He's fine. More than fine. I don't think it came across that way, but he did. He thought it did. Uh, in addition, uh, I want to thank uh, Anthony Poizel for uh, stepping in and doing a, a yeoman's job. This guy right here. I got to thank him. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Well done. My pleasure. Good job. Uh, Nathan Zagura, who has done so much for us here with the BPA this offseason, especially his friends on the football team, coaching staff, players, you name it. Uh, this guy is probably one of the better interviewers that you will come across, and he did a very fine job here this offseason. Thanks to Andrew Gribble as well. You can like and subscribe today to the best podcast available wherever you get your podcasts. Like and subscribe today the best podcast available. You can also check us out on YouTube, youtube.com slash Browns. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening to the best podcast available presented by Cross Country Mortgage.